0: Did it. I finally read the entire Vanity Fair cover article about Priyanka Chopra, and I wanted to just bring some considerations from it here to this party on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hey. And whenever we talk about Priyanka Chopra and her husband, Nick Jonas, uh, we call it a Jonas bonus. It's time for a Jonas bonus. Okay, so we've been pulling out little bits and bites from this Vanity Fair article. She's on the cover of the February issue of Vanity Fair. Priyanka Chopra is, um, and this is an article by Rebecca Ford. And um, I just I found some things really interesting. And there's one thing in particular that if I were Rebecca Ford, I would be kind of put out about. Oh, okay. okay. Tell me more. Well, let me just set the table here. So she uh, she meets. Priyanka Chopra at her home, at this $20 million home that she and uh, Nick bought, the one that they've been talking about in the news that they renovated uh, in advance of the baby that we just found out that they yeah. had. Yeah. And... um So so Rebecca Ford shows up at that home, and at that time, Priyanka Chopra is getting ready to host a Diwali celebration for her family. Her in-laws are there. A bunch of her friends from Hollywood are there. Nick is in the home. Her mother-in-law and father-in-law are also in the home with Nick Jonas. Um, And there's just a bustle. There's just a bustle happening. And they start, you know, this very kind and nice conversation where she's explaining, like, why they bought this house. And um, you learn a little bit about the home. It has a two-lane bowling alley, an indoor basketball court, a movie theater, an infinity swimming pool that gives way to the gorgeous view of the distance hills. So, you know, we've heard a little bit about this home that they bought and then renovated. But this is kind of the closest we've gotten to understanding what all goes into this gigantic mansion. Yeah. Now, when they're
2: actually in it together, which hasn't been a lot. I mean, frankly, it's mostly because their careers are in two different parts of the world often um, with movies and things that she's been doing, like in the UK, and then his career with music and then the pandemic. And so it's just been kind of like, I'm sure there's not a lot of time where they've both been in the same place.
0: Well, and even in that home, they're not in the same place. Because one of the things she says is, um, I've been away for almost a year. Uh, and she, she uh, acknowledges that her husband is upstairs in this home. Uh, and she said, we both have a shoot today. So that's the thing about this house, house. Both him and I have 20-year careers. And I think we finally built a home that accommodates our individual lives. Which I thought. Well, that's interesting. I'm just yeah, going mean, to sit with that.
2: It's a publication. I know these are both very independent people. Whatever you think about their actual relationship, it is clear that they both went into this with fully formed careers and goals.
0: Absolutely. And what I want to actually like focus for one second on Priyanka Chopra because this article then goes into depth about the thing that I think is so misunderstood about Priyanka Chopra. And I will cop to the fact that I think sometimes even we skim over it. She is an incredibly, has had an incredibly successful career. She is newer. I I think
2: we have been at pains to point out that she is far, her star is far greater than Nick Jonas's was. And it was a lot of there were a lot of people who made the incorrect assumption that she was using Nick to enlarge her career when I would argue because based on her career, um, you know, her global career, right? Like she was a global success before she was ever a success here. Yes. And I while I think they are both engaged in this relationship for publicity, meaning they are fully, fully putting Uh, or I should say generating publicity based on their relationship in a way that most other celebrity couples haven't been able to do. That doesn't mean that she is like somehow scheming and climbing and, you know, all of the sort of negative stereotypes that have been out there about her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And because she did have, to your point, like she had a very, very successful career in Bollywood and then um, has has sort of continued that career here. And I, I just listen, I give her like tons of respect for that. And she hustles. So now that she's here with um, that publationship, like they're they're leveraging it to the fullest extent. Yeah. Now remember I told you if I were Rebecca Ford, I might be kind of irritated about something. Oh.
2: Yeah, what did that have to What do you mean?
0: So now remember, this um this is taking this interview is taking place um around Diwali. So at the time that this interview is taking place, Priyanka Chopra Jonas knows That she's got a baby on the way. We know that now in retrospect, right? Yeah. She knows that there's a baby coming because this baby, um, they, they, they had this baby via surrogate. So she asks about children and we've heard, we've heard this quote from it, but I want to kind of bring the whole picture. So she says, uh, Priyanka Chopra says in this interview with Rebecca Ford, their children are a big part of our desire for the future. By God's grace, when it happens, it happens. And then Rebecca points out that both of their lives seem busier than ever. And she said, no, we're not too busy to practice. Meaning.
2: they're doing it.
0: And then Rebecca, uh, Ford says, uh, laughs and clarifies. She says, I wasn't talking about sex, but rather your breakneck pace with work. You'll have to slow down. Obviously when a child enters your life and she says, I'm okay with that. We're both okay with that. And then moves on. Then Then they reconnect, they have another conversation, they talk about all of her projects, blah, blah, blah. Then you get to the very, very end of this profile. And she says, um, when does this article come out? She says to Rebecca Ford.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And she says, I tell her it's the February issue. And she says, and this is all in in reference to saying that she intends for the year to care for herself as much as she does for her career. She says this article comes out in February. She said, well, that's what I want to be doing by the time this piece piece comes out. That's what I will be doing. So Rebecca Ford is writing this big, beautiful piece about this wonderful career and her, you know, turning. Meanwhile, Priyanka Chopra Jonas knows there's a baby coming. And if I were Rebecca Ford, I'd be like, I got scooped by an
2: actual baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because she clearly Priyanka Chopra is not going to let vanity fair because it's not her. Like, she's not the one announcing it then. The timing
0: if, of it, though, is yeah. impeccable.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, it works perfectly. Although, you know, I what I will say because here's here's the one thing I don't know. I don't know enough about surrogacy and how this journey for them has worked. I would imagine timing. They might not have known exactly when and how this was going to happen, or maybe they did. I mean, so it's possible that they knew you know, she knew exactly how this would all go down and was just like, I'm not talking about it yet. You, d- I am surprised that they didn't have some sort of, like, media piece ready to go that explained the journey about this surrogacy experience, which makes me wonder mm-hmm. if it is actually something that was last, not last minute per se, but, like, they weren't sure right. far in advance that it was going to happen such that they weren't able to plan accordingly, because that would explain then I think this like weird for them, weird sort of curt response announcing the, the pregnancy or the birth, but saying we'd like privacy. That just makes me feel like it was a surprise to them somehow, which I don't know how that could be, but it's just so counter to their, their character as a relationship where everything has been, you know, thought, and planned out months in advance.
0: Right. Well, and you know,
2: including the narrative in the media.
0: Well, and like I, you know, that's I. I want to be careful. Like I tiptoe a little bit around. Now, listen. Like my conspiracy theory, uh, uh, tinfoil Colin hat believes. firmly on. I believe that there's no baby. I believe that this is like they're gonna cast a baby. I know. Do I really believe that? I don't know. I just like to play around with that You better that own idea. I mean you either
2: you either do or you don't. Well, I'm you playing to, with that idea. You need to have a talk with yourself.
0: I'm not I'm not 100% sold, but I I <laughs> believe that that's a, po- a distinct possibility. I just
2: don't know what the heck that does for anybody other than I don't know. That okay, just but seems like a
0: lot. Can I just say this for people who are so I don't know. Listen. <sighs> I don't want to talk. Well, I don't. I'm I'm trying to be careful because I I think that I think that there is a difference between adoption, even if the adoption is finalized during a pregnancy. A surrogacy implies that uh, that genetically at least one of the parents um, has given genetic material to make a baby. Right. Or. Or that they planned from the beginning, if there is no genetic material from either of the parents, that they planned from the beginning to, to host the baby in somebody else's body. But, but if that's not the case, then then there's a different sort of like word for it. And so I just am... I guess I'm like... I, do, I cannot imagine a scenario where in October, when she's doing this uh, interview, that she doesn't know... That a baby's coming in February. Yeah, which just says that she's.
2: They, uh, you know, which again, if that's true, which it's entirely possible, and let's just go with that, then that just means they they honestly were not prepared to talk about it. Which that makes that that to me is out of character for these two because they seem to. You know, but again, like, I guess give them some like, you know, the benefit of the doubt is like, well, it's a kid, it's different. Okay, but I I think actually, it's just more complicated. And the story that we're getting about whether it's, you know, that it's a surrogacy, dot, 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 leaves a lot of questions to Mm -hmm. be answered. And frankly, that like, I wouldn't be surprised if if that was... There are just so many options that this statement doesn't answer or right. address. And so without any information, it's just like, you know, there are 30 different things that could be going on. I am inclined to believe that we are just, you know, waiting now because whatever narrative... Uh, medium they have chosen to share this part of themselves with the world has not been finalized. Yeah, whether that's a people spread, whether that's you know like um, a documentary of the surrogacy experience. I mean, I would not, I would not be surprised if any of these things are about to happen. It's just that the timing was such that they didn't, they didn't have all their ducks in a row to do whatever rollout they're going to do. Right. If they, if we never see or hear anything about this child. Who cares? I mean, it's fine. They don't need, they don't owe right. us They don't any. owe us that. Right. But all we're saying, while well, all I'm saying is that it would be out of character for them mm-hmm. to never do that. Totally True. within their rights. And in fact, if I were a celebrity, that's how I, I would, would be it. living yeah. my life. Right. But this is not how they up to this point have lived. So it seems a little counter, um, you know, counter-
0: chonis yeah, if you will thank you when we return we'll, the, find out. We'll, we'll find will, out we will we will time will tell when we come back on the colleen and bradley show our friend paul from paul's trip to the movies is joining us to tell us what we should be watching this weekend on my talk 107.1 paul mcguire grimes from paul's trip to the movies joins us every single friday on my talk 107.1 colleen lindstrom bradley trainer
1: hey. to
0: tell us what we should be watching paul how's it going
1: it's going well how are you two three Uh, we two three
0: are fantastic
1: (laughs) i didn't want to leave out holly (laughs) no
0: never she's the one that keeps us sane and uh on the straight and narrow uh paul mcguire grimes you have brought two things for us this week let's start with can can i go back to front can we start with uh can we start that's gross can we start with pam and tommy on hulu (laughs)
1: <laughs> Especially with this topic, yes. Okay. <laughs> so this is a new <laughs> limited series coming to Hulu next Wednesday, February 2nd, called Pam and Tommy. And it's all about the marriage and the sex tape of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and how it was launched or kind of stolen and released and kind of forever changed their lives and careers. It stars Lily James as Pamela Anderson and then Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee. And this is like a comedy well, it's it, it doesn't even mean say it's a me. comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no. I would say that it's you know, it's from the same director as Itanya. So it has kind of that same vibe to it, but I wouldn't call it a comedy. I mean it's a limited series and kind of about how this all unraveled. But I wouldn't wouldn't even say it's necessarily a dark comedy. It's going to be eight episodes, each are roughly 45 to 60 minutes. And it's a fascinating look at, you know, I think we all think, oh, I remember that sex tape. But to see kind of how it all happened and how Pam and Tommy came to meet each other, fall in love, and kind of the the downfall of that is fascinating.
0: Um, Have you seen all of the episodes? Or are you... Little bits and bites. I've seen the first three
1: episodes. Okay. Okay. So it's, yeah. Uh, no, go ahead. So I will say that, I, oh, yeah. So it starts off with Tommy Lee. How it kind of all kind of unravels it. Tommy Lee basically fires this carpenter. He's doing this big work on his mansion and ends up firing this carpenter who's played by Seth Rogen. And this kind of act of revenge, Seth Rogen's character basically steals this Um, safe in Tommy Lee's place, and inside the safe is this tape. So he finds the tape, plays, and is like, oh, my gosh, I think I have something here, and tries to sell it to different uh, adult film studios, if you will, and none of them will take it. So he decides to put it on the Internet. And this is back in 1997, before the Internet was really what we know of it today. This is a dial-up connection. This is people maybe looking at it kind of seedily, you know, and then... Pam Anderson, the star of Baywatch, Playboy model. You really actually feel for her so much in this series. You get a really different eye-opening look at who Pamela Anderson was.
0: I hate to do this, too, because we talked too much about Priyanka Chopra Jonas, and we only have just 40 seconds left, but Bradley has a question. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, let's
2: just keep Paul through the next segment, and then we'll just cut um, crazy stupid idiots down a little bit. How about that? that That
0: works for me. Paul, stay right there, because we want to hear a little bit more about Pam and Tommy, and we also want to hear about the After Party, which is an Apple TV Plus series, so stay right where you are. We're going to get back with Paul when we come back, and we'll also hit on some crazy stupid idiots after this on my talk 1071 our friend Paul McGuire Grimes consented to stay a little bit longer on the Colleen and Bradley show my talk 1071 I'm Colleen Lindstrom that's Bradley trainer hi uh because we never heard we never got the uh the ending of uh our conversation about Pam and Tommy on Hulu the limited series and also we've got another show to talk about the after party yes Bradley I
2: was just going to say the question that I had for Paul about Pamela and Tommy Lee, um, what really revolved around, I feel like this moment and you referenced this a little bit in your description of the plot, that this really is capable of telling us about not just the events surrounding this very specific incident, but also speaking to sort of like what life was like before the internet was so viral. And so did you feel like it kind of sort of gave you gave us bigger lessons or a
1: bigger view of the world at that time? Absolutely. I mean, it's fascinating to think about how the internet was barely even a thing at the time. And the sex tape seemed to just reach millions of people. And I think that Tamla Anderson probably would have had a better and a different career if it wasn't for that. I mean, she was someone, I mean, the show makes it us remember how objectified she always was and probably still is. I mean, the whole series opens with an interview of her on the Tonight Show and Jay Leno just kind of mocking her. And you see her, like, on sort of Baywatch, really trying to stand up for herself when they were kind of just treating her as the blonde on the show. So you get a better appreciation for Pam. And I don't even think that Tommy Lee um, is pretty admirable here either. I didn't know a lot about him, but he treats people like garbage. He's this party boy rocker. I think the directors and the, and the writing team knew who these two figures were and give the show this, like, high energy, this. Flash, They play into the sex, and, like, they go for it in the show. How are the performances? Incredible. Like, keep your eye on these two come next Emmy season. Lily James, who was in Cinderella and Downton Abbey, completely drops her British accent and just, like, disappears into Pam. She's got that kind of airy flirtation in her voice. She's got the physical mannerisms. And then Sebastian Stan, who you may know from the Marvel movies, He brings this, like, fiery passion to Tommy Lee. He's full of energy. He's constantly moving around, being loud, making a scene. You know who these two people are from these two performances.
0: Oh, I love this. How many ticket stubs for uh, Pam and Tommy?
1: Four out of five ticket stubs for Pam and Tommy. Again, it starts Wednesday on Hulu.
0: Awesome. Okay, let's touch on the after party. This is an Apple TV Plus series. I can't say I've heard a lot about this one.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised it isn't getting a little bit more bust. It started today. The first three episodes are today. It will be released weekly after this. It is a murder mystery comedy series, kind of like Only Murders in the Building. So it takes place at an after party after a high school reunion. Dave Franco um, was part of this graduating class with character Xavier. He's become this pop star, influencer, actor type And he is the one that ends up dead at the bottom of the cliff at the bottom of his house. And then you have Tiffany Haddish is the lead detective on the case and has to interview everyone that was at this party. And each episode takes a look at the events of the night from their perspective. And it plays on a different movie genre of their mindset. I love this.
2: I love the idea of Tiffany Haddish being the detective. I bet she does a great job. (laughs)
1: Yes, I mean, she's, she's no Jessica Fletcher. She, uh, achievement, she she's very different in her interrogation. I say she talks about watching people's dynamics. And you have people like Sam Richardson, Ike Barinholtz, Zoe Chow, and Alana Glazer in it. And like, you get to see them kind of play in a different realm, but still be funny. Like, Ike Barinholtz is in the action comedy genre, if you will. Well, Laser who you we know, from Broad City, her episode, it's all about her, is kind of the revenge female thriller genre, if you will. So you get to see the event through, like, a little bit of a different perspective, and you see them unfold a little, a little bit differently depending on who's telling the story of the night.
0: You know, the other thing I love about, and this is sort of a general converse, or like a general note for some of these streaming shows, the way that they're dropping them, I love that they give you three right out of the gate, because yes. I think it really does take three episodes to suck you in. And if you're not sucked in by three episodes, I'm looking at you. Uh, what's the show that I won't watch? Ted Lasso. Um, oh, <laughs> You need to watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> no, but if it, can't, if it can't grab you in the first three, then you're probably not going to come back for more. But three should be ample to get you coming I- back for the fourth.
1: Absolutely. The um, Book of Boba Fat on Disney+, Plus, and I love Star Wars. I was not into it after three episodes, uh, and I've not gone back yet. See? I've heard this. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, yeah. So um, I'm want I hope that people like it. Yeah. I did want to just say,
2: I feel like I saw you pop up in my YouTube feed. I have not watched the video yet, but did you get the chance to interview Alana Glazer for this series, or was it something else? I
1: did. Yes. No, it was for this. So it's Alana Glazer and then Jamie Dimitriol, are in it together, and I interviewed both of them. So we just kind of talk about the clever writing of the show On if they knew how it was all going to unfold. They actually didn't film this episode by episode, so you'll kind of hear about no. how they actually filmed this very differently than typical series are filmed. So it was, it was a funny interview. You'll see that on my YouTube channel. I've got some really fun interviews coming up, and I'm excited for people to see. Um, that We can't talk about yet, but they're coming as well. Paul's a movie on YouTube.
0: I love it. Everybody, uh, go right now. Follow Paul McGuire Grimes on all of his social networks. How many ticket stubs did you give? Uh, I almost called it only murderers in the building. It's the after party.
1: (laughs) The after party. Three and a half out of five, I guess.
0: Wonderful. Paul McGuire Grimes, are you going to be on uh, Twin Cities Live today?
1: Yes, I will. About 4.15 today.
0: Wonderful. Fabulous. You can catch him there. Catch him on all of his social media. Paul's trip to the movies. Paul, thank you for staying late with us today. Bye, Paul. Bye. Um, We will check in with Paul again next Friday. We do it every week on the Colleen and Bradley show. Uh, And now, you know, we delayed it and uh, wait no longer for your (laughs) crazy, stupid idiots.
1: Well, then, I guess one could say that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy stupid idiots.
2: It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy stupid idiots. That's dumb people. They're doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of Florida. Florida. Florida.
1: Florida. Florida. Sometimes
0: other places. Like I believe okay, let's there's a lot of places, but I believe that this is uh Columbia is where this actually um Came to be because we are talking about a shipment of coconuts. And you guys know I love coconuts. So I was fully into this story. She's um, like, tell
2: me more. 20, you are a crazy, like, stupid coconut idiot.
0: Right? 20,000 coconuts. I am in. So, uh, 20,000 coconuts were being shipped. They were, um, on their way to Italy, but they made a stop in Colombia. And guess what? There was a little more to somebody... these coconuts than meets the eye.
2: Oh, uh, was it cocaine nuts?
0: Exactly.
2: Oh, <laughs> like literally, I just thought well, those words was. go together. Right?
0: It was cocaine nuts.
2: This is Tw- just shredded, unsweetened coconut. This uh, is Very so- finely shredded.
0: Watch your coconuts, people, because it could be cocaine nuts, it turns out. So <laughs> these 20,000 coconuts were uh, on their way to Italy, and I don't know where they were coming from. It doesn't really matter, um, but... Now think about how how meticulous you'd have to be because they don't. It's not clear how how they discovered the cocaine nuts, but what is clear is that those twenty thousand coconuts were filled not with the coconut milk, but liquid cocaine. It's possible, I know, and it's possible that the reason that they were able to discern this is because the security scanners could tell that the density inside the coconut was different than regular coconut innards, and they were like, oh, that ain't real coconuts, let's uh, crack one of them open and sniff it, and guess what, cocaine.
2: That's so weird. Like I I I marvel. I I would love the opportunity. I mean, hopefully there's a Netflix documentary because I don't think I'll like real world have the chance to sort of spend a day with like, you know, customs and border protection or whatever the the outfit is um that would go through all these shipments, right. but I feel like that would be a fascinating job to be able to go you know those coconuts don't There's just something not right with those coconuts i think we should take a look a little closer
0: now here because here's the other thing like now you might just be like well yeah of course like obviously drugs have to get smuggled somehow but let's like think think about all the pieces of the story this is a major operation they don't know yet Uh, They're they're investigating, but they don't yet know who was sending the coconuts, and they don't know who was going to be receiving the coconuts. But in the meantime, in between time, you have to consider that they took the innards out of 20,000 coconuts and replaced it with 20,000 coconuts worth of liquid cocaine.
2: That's insane. So
0: here's how they do it, in case you... Need to know for any reason, um, they use a syringe to take out the real liquid in the middle of the co- of the coconut, and then they pump it back with the liquid cocaine, and then they have to cover the hole with resin. Twenty thousand. This is so How would
2: anybody ever be able to tell? That's what without I'm because I don't know if you've seen uh, the shipping crisis that our world faces. Yep. Like, how would you even get a tip that like there's one container? That has a bunch of coconuts in it. Yeah, that, by are, the way, are not actual coconuts, right? But they are actual coconuts. It's just that they've been like syringed. Like, how does that even? I don't understand. Well,
0: and like the, op- I mean, when you think about like, I don't know. Again, twenty thousand is a lot, or t- uh, yeah, twenty thousand coconuts filled with cocaine. Somebody has to do that whole procedure. Sounds like an SAT question. It does, right? If you
2: have 20,000 coconuts. If it takes
0: takes 30 seconds to extract the coconut innards from one coconut, like how how long would it take you? What are you
2: doing with liquid
0: cocaine? Uh, I suppose you're probably going to dehydrate it later and turn it into... I don't know. What do I know? Do I look like I know? I will like, say I've been watching what? Ozark and holy buckets. Well, they used to put that stuff in Coca-Cola back then. Well, in no, trip. I
2: know that there used to be like a, a market, but I've never heard of a market for liquid cocaine these days, I guess, you know. Who Feel knows? like
0: we are the three people that you would never ask, <sighs> <Yep>. right? Because <laughs> right. we just we've, What? Again, of I the watched drugs Ozark. On offer. Cocaine
2: I, not my choice.
0: I I watch Ozark and I watched uh, so you Breaking know Bad. So like I have like a loose understanding of how drugs get around and how money gets washed. but mm,
2: Based on fictional drama, Exactly,
0: yes. exactly. <laughs> but never have I seen 20,000 coconuts filled with liquid cocaine. And that's my story and I'm sticking that's so to it. Crazy. When we return right here on the Colleen and Bradley show, it is time for us to play a little game. We play it every day. That game is called The Throwback. What? After this on My Talk 1071.